We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Rhonda. Hi, Lori. I am so excited to talk about something that's been stirring on my heart all week long, all week long. And when we were in our staff prayer, you know, I just got this sense um, just of the holiness of God. And and I started to think about it. I started to meditate on it. And, and I realized we don't even have the ability as humanity to, to, to even understand, to comprehend, to fathom the holiness of God. It's beyond our comprehension because we're born into a sinful world. We are born of sin, you know, sinful man. So there's not even a sort of a reference for us here on earth in anything we've ever experienced, the like utter holiness of God, like perfection, perfect justice, perfect love perfect holiness, perfect righteousness. We, we don't have even a way to understand that or comprehend that. And I started to just think about that and meditate on that. And I, I started to thank God because he literally sent us the Holy Spirit to help us as a helper. And, and I felt like, wow, God, I even need your help from your spirit to even try and comprehend the depth of your holiness, but the power of God's holiness, the power of fearing the Lord, the power of being in awe and wonder and reverence of his utter holiness and glory. And then this week in my devotions, I I was reading through some different Old Testament stories and um, I came across, and I mean, we see this all through the Old Testament. I came across, I was particularly reading in Judges 6, and it starts out by saying the people of Israel did evil did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And as I'm reading through these different Old Testament stories, I'm trying to to understand it. You know, the children of Israel were in captivity to an external enemy, a physical enemy that was on the outside and they had to fight and war and take ground. But I'm trying to even think of it through uh, a spiritual lens, right? Like how we're in the same sort of battle, but it's not it's not in the natural. It's in our spirit. And so I'm thinking about it like that. And I started to think about this idea of the people of Israel. So I was thinking of us, that uh, we have done evil in the sight of the Lord. And I started to think about that. And that word evil even is a word that we don't often, I mean, when we think of evil, we think of the worst things in society that most of us would say, oh, like I don't do those things or I would never do those things. It's always as compared to the most evil that we've ever seen before. But God was saying, it's like it jumped off the page at me. They did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. It wasn't as compared to what was happening Mm. in the world. It wasn't as compared to what was happening, you know, brother against sister and, you know, families and friends and even what the enemy was doing to the children of Israel. It was in the sight of the Lord. And all of a sudden I came back to again the holiness of God, that that the, that what God was saying is you've done evil in comparison to my holiness. You've done evil in comparison to actually 
what I have for you, what I came to give you, what I have provided for you. And over and over and over again, you know, he brings the children of Israel to a place of utter surrender where they're like, we need your help, God. We need your help. We can't do this. And he comes through again for them and fights for them, goes before them, fights for them. And so you just see this constant cycle (laughs) that they're doing over and over and over again. But yeah, I was just in awe, in absolute awe of this idea of how we do evil in the sight of the Lord, not in the sight of one another, and how we are masterful at believing that we actually don't do evil because we're comparing it to what we see someone else doing that's, you know, uh, earthly or, you know, our brother or our sister. And yeah, it just hit me in a really deep way this week. It, it really is true because, you know, it, that scripture that says that man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And this is, I think what we've been diving into is that we can do everything on the outside that looks wonderful and righteous. We can even compare our acts and our, just our righteousness. I put that in quotes, yeah. in what we do compared to one another and be like, wow, I'm doing really well. I'm giving so much. I'm serving in this way. I'm even seeing people like encouraged. I'm using my spiritual gifts. I don't know, whatever it may be, fill in the blank. However, God keeps going deep to say, you know, if you love me, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And what's the first command? There shall be no other gods before me. And when we actually strip back that back, we struggle the greatest with that command. We break the first command because we actually want to be our own gods. Absolutely. That's what it really comes comes right down to. Right from Genesis, that kind of started the story. That's what the whole thing of the Bible is. God, once again, reorienting or realigning his place. It's like, I'm God, you're not. Right. I'm God, you're not. This pleases me. That does not. You don't get to determine that. I determine that. God is always realigning us to his position as God. And we have to, we constantly struggle with that. You know, you were just sharing some, just that whole thing of God's holiness and obeying God and just how being, I love that doing what's right in the sight of God, doing what's evil in the sight of God, how we see that in through scripture. I was in, I've been in Malachi and God is speaking specifically to his people. And once again, challenging the way they view themselves and the way they view the righteousness. And it is fascinating because even as we were talking about this podcast, we're both feeling like we're kind of in that sense of what God is doing with speaking to say, you need to know me. You need to know my voice. You need to know what pleases me because all through there's this one part, they, part they say, God says to his people return to me. And they say, how can we return for you? We've never, we've never gone away. And God starts to say, but you've cheated me. You haven't given me tithes and offerings. You've squandered your wealth, but have not preserved what's rightfully mine. Once again, you've been your own God. You have not honored the one true God. Another time he says to them, um, you have said terrible things about me. And they're saying, what do you mean? And they actually say, but what you say, okay, but they said back to God, what do you mean? What have we said against you? And God says back to them, you have said, what is the use of serving God? What have we gained by being obedient? 
you know, it goes on. Like, honestly, all through scriptures that they actually have said, even to God, God says to them, I've been watching you. I've seen you. You've actually even said, it's been too hard to serve God. And you've turned your noses up of my commands. He goes all the way through. He's like, I'm looking for a people that will fear my name. And I love this. His promise of mercy comes in Malachi 3. It's not to crush God is not doing it to discourage us, crush us, make us feel less than, to make us grovel, like as far as like that's where we're meant to be, just kind of at the bottom. It's actually so God can extend mercy and bring fulfillment and peace and prosperity and a right relationship with him. But we actually can't have that, which I, I totally feel, Lori, unless we have a revelation, a continual revelation of the holiness of God and the reverence of God. So we submit to God being God. That's right. That's right. And let, letting him be that in our life. You know, when you think about it right from the, like before the foundations of the world, right? There was this whole scene and scenario that plays plays out in heaven where Lucifer, the angel, wants to be like God. He wants to be his own God in heaven. He's jealous of God's holiness, of his power, which again, I can't really wrap my head around because how can in a perfect realm there be this kind of, you know, expression, but again, it shows up and, you know, God says, this cannot exist in my holiness. We cannot have this division. We cannot have this jealousy. We cannot have this jockeying for position. And so, you know, God casts Lucifer and a third of the angels out and they get to now go and roam the earth and begin to spread that same spirit on the earth, which is exactly what they did in the garden, which is exactly what the serpent did in the garden. Exactly the same thing. He took that same spirit mm. and he he thrust that spirit on Eve and said, well, what did God say? Like, no, actually he lied to you. No, he doesn't want you to be like him. Don't you want to be like him? Don't you want to know good and evil like him? And, and of course, so she's like, what? There's something that I don't have. There's something that... Mm when really she already had everything she could ever desire, everything she could ever possibly need for joy and fulfillment and flourishing. But again, that temptation come this idea of, is there something I'm missing? Is there something more? Is there a different way? Oh, I want to be the boss of my own life. I want to call the shots. I want to. And this is just a part of our humanity. It really is. It's this constant, constant struggle. And so again, as I go through the Old Testament, I just see this story playing out over and over and over again. I realize, oh my goodness, for as much as things have changed, you know, and even Jesus coming and being our fulfillment and being our answer and, and taking all of our sin upon himself, we still, even still, we go back to those old ways or we, we constantly wrestle with the tension in our spirit of those old ways of wanting both to be in charge, to be the judge, to be, to know what is good and evil and to decide on behalf of everybody else as mm, well. Mm -hmm. And we use this in compare, as we compare ourselves, we justify our own actions in that space by saying, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Therefore, I'm not evil. Or I am doing this. I am doing this. Therefore, I am good. You know, and we decide, we determine, we constantly put ourselves again back in the place where 
I agree with you. I don't think this whole message is about, you know, God wanting us to be like worms, you know, and just Mm -hmm. the, the, like feeling like we're just dust of the earth, worthless. No, no. The point is that he wants our perspective off of ourselves and he wants our perspective off of each other and comparing our goodness or our evil up against each other. And he wants our eyes fixed firmly and only on him and his holiness. And he wants us to keep our eyes there so that he can then robe us in righteousness. Mm. And it only comes from him. It doesn't come from us. Because again, we also see all through the Old Testament, and this is before Jesus, we see that God said again and again, and the people did good in in my sight. The people did good in my sight. What was that about? That was about different leaders different kings coming and tearing down the strongholds of the day, tearing down the idol worship Mm, of the mm -hmm. day, where the focus of what the people, how the people got what they wanted, right? Because idol idol worship was really all about getting what they wanted. And they wanted, if it wasn't happening fast enough, they went through other means to get it. So I'm going to worship this idol, the idol of fertility, the idol of wealth, the Mm -hmm. idol of this to get what I want, Mm -hmm. where God is saying, no, no, I want you to keep your eyes fixed on me. I want you to look to me for that. It's not for a perfect society. There never was one, Mm. but yet still God called his people good when they had him in the right place. And I think that's all he's doing in our lives too. So again, what that looks like for us is we have to continually look at, okay, what idols are we placing over God? What is an idol? Well, it's anything that we use to get what we need instead of God, right? Mm -hmm. Anything we put in that place. And then secondly, what strongholds are Mm -hmm. in our lives? What strongholds actually have more power in our lives than God's power? And it's to break those strongholds, break those strongholds down in our life and receive the fullness of God's freedom that he's already made available to us and walk in that. So it's a hopeful message, Mm -hmm. but again, it comes to us, it can, the enemy can twist it to make it seem like, oh, you'll never be good enough. You're not worthy. You're, or well, you know, all of these false, no, 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 no. It's just a recognition of God's holiness, our perspective being only on him for everything that we have need of, reorienting that and stop looking left and right to justify how Mm. we feel about ourselves, right? Our righteousness Mm. is filthy rags. That's not, again, to make us feel like, like, these horrible people, Mm. but it's a recognition of, no, I do have to be lowly in spirit. I'm a beggar in my spirit and I need God, Mm. but his grace is sufficient. It's more, it's so abundant and Mm. we actually have abundance in what Christ has done for us. Right. Oh, so powerful. powerful. But again, even as I talk about it, I feel like my words fall short because I can't even I don't even have the words to describe the power and the magnitude and just the awesomeness of his holiness. I don't have the words. Mm-hmm. I, I It's like I can like see like a tiny, I, <laughs> it's like I can see a pinhead mm-hmm. I know. in the expanse of the world. That's yeah. how much I can see, but I know it's awesome. Like I know it's good and I know it's right, but... I still can't fully grasp it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
It, it, because it is beyond grasping. It's beyond grasping. <laughs> it's beyond. Yeah. Like we're talking about the creator of the earth and the universe of all things. Yeah. The creator. Like there is no greater. He is it. Like everything holds together. He's God, God. And I think what you're saying is exactly the struggle of humanity. And it will be till the end. Yes. It, revelation yes. goes right to the like the 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 end of the story ends yeah. in this huge climax of man versus god like which is not even a fight like it's <laughs> when you even get to that i remember yeah. thinking you know when i was yeah. i was studying revelation back in march like a very intensive study i remember real like reading about the battle of armageddon and thinking oh it's going to be this big battle it's actually not like when you actually look at it it literally is like god just shows up and it's done it's not <laughs> like but in the in my mind i thought like this big battle of battle like you know good versus evil and no god just shows up and he's like done this is enough and it's over and i think that's even in our world you know we are so quick when we look around us or we see injustice or we see pain and I also understand that people have been through very painful things listening to this. I am not diminishing that. So on both sides and everywhere in the middle that we can look to God and say, well, how could God, a good God, yeah. how could a God that's so just and holy put up with all of this or allow this to happen? Right. And the thing is, once again, it is going back to say, well, God, we've made a massive mess. You keep fixing it, but we're not going to change. And the sad thing is like, and I, the domino effect is people that are innocent are affected by sin. Yeah. People that are children, young, old, whatever it may be, are the domino effect of sin. Right. This is the thing. Like God sees all. Yes. And vengeance is God's. And the thing is, when we think of a holy, just God, it's not a God that is standing off in the distance, kind of wiping his hands clean, being like, oh, well, you just deal with it yourself. But yet we talk about a God so intimate and close to the brokenhearted, but how could God allow all this pain to happen? Yep, yep. It actually has to do with man being so sick. It actually has to do with man being so sick. And being man being so sick affects the righteous and the unrighteous, affects the young and the old, all different nations, affects all of us. This is the world we've created. And I think we're coming right back to the basics of we are sick, but God will make all things new. And God is the ultimate record keeper. And there will be a day that God says, this is done. This is done. And that is the hope of revelation. Like we read all through the Bible and I keep pulling it to revelation because this is kind of what's coming. It's the only thing left to be fulfilled is like, you know, we've got Daniel, you've got many pro like prophecies that lead to what revelation is all about. The end of the story that actually is the beginning of the next chapter of amazing story of eternity. But all that to say, there will be a day that God says it's done. This humanity, like chaos, evil, justice, God is watching. It's, I want you almost to picture it like this massive storm that's building that God's just restraining for right now. Do you think God doesn't see it? If God sees, like he's speaking to the Israels about the Israelites, about their sacrifices of bringing blind and dead animals, like, like honestly, God's asking for beautiful sacrifice at that time. It was symbolic of things that matter to them, their livelihood, the stewardship. It actually had to do with stewardship of them honoring God with the first fruits of saying like, you own all and you've only asked of this. I will be obedient. 
that's our life now. It's not just then. God's asking for us to be obedient with stewardship. If God was that intimate with all the things that we see, the way he speaks to us, the way he brought Jesus to show us the intimacy that he wants to have with us, the Holy Spirit, how much more so is God fully aware of the injustice and the pain and the suffering? It even talks in Revelation that he has seen the blood of the martyrs. He sees, and they're crying out to God. When, God, when will you avenge our blood? The earth is crying with the blood. Even in, when we look at Cain and Abel, yep. he says, I hear your your brother's blood. Like, I hear it. I hear it. The yes. blood of your brother crying out to me, was, isn't it? Yes. Right? Crying out. Yes. If we think that God doesn't see, that he's turned a blind eye and like why God isn't intervening. If God intervened right now, we'd all be done. Let's just be truthful. The world, the world is so corrupt. And we need, we need the restraining power of God right now to help bring us to repentance and his kindness because we literally are broken. But I just want to affirm as we're talking about the holiness of God, there's all these tensions that are in it as well of like, he's so mighty and great. Why can't he just fix that? Or why can't he just do this? It's because man is so wicked and so evil, but there will come a day. And all of this is crying out to God. And the storm is brewing and the storm of God, the holiness of God also will be the wrath of God at one day that will be poured out. And we are in a season of kindness and repentance right now. There will be a time where it's done. It's done. So this is what we're talking about. Yeah. When we're talking about the holiness of God, it is not to squash. It's not to, it's literally to protect, to bring close, to honestly provide a lifeline, to say, I am your way. I want to shield you from what will come when that, you know, all that will be poured out. I don't want you to be a part of that. I want you to come under my covering, but it can only come by us acknowledging that he is God and us surrendering. And I love that it finishes in Malachi in chapter four. I'm just talking here away because I get really passionate. We start talking about revelation too, and all that happens and the crying out and all the combination of all that's happening. And I encourage you to read Revelation. It's really powerful. Those of you who are listening, it's quite a book. Get a study on it. You might want to do um, a Bible study with it because it is quite intense, but it is so powerful. And just as a side note, it's the only Bible book that starts with a blessing that those who read it. And, you know, there's lots of Bible studies out because you do need a Bible, like someone to help walk you through for the first time. It is a lot of imagery that you may be like, what on earth does this mean? But it is it's really powerful because this is about the holiness. It really does show the holiness of God in it too. But in Malachi, it goes on to say that those who feared the Lord and listened to him, that God listened. And he actually talks about healing and right to his rising with healing in his wings for his people. But it says at the end that he recorded the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. So it talks about even in revelation books being opened. This is part of the books being open. He's recording those who are fearing his name in a good way. He's saying, they're mine. These are mine. They think about the honor of my name. That shows that they love me. They love me. They know me. They want me. They don't just want blessing and what my hand gives, but live as gods of their own lives. They want me to be God. I'm going to record their names like as mine. This is my children. I love that. I love that it was written. There's something about a powerful name, like that God writes things, like there is a written thing. Talk, Anyways, don't even get me going. Like so good. Scrolls and remembrance and so much that we just think 
we think so small, like you're saying that pin drop, but there is a whole nother realm of who God is, what he's doing, what he's remembering, what he's seeing, what he's accounting, what he's honoring, but how he's providing. He's given us a Holy Spirit. This is not too hard for us. It is in our own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, this is not too hard for us. Thank you for putting up with me right now and all my rabbit trails, but I feel like this starts to unpack so many things of scripture of who God is and the mightiness of God. And so Oh, it's I so love powerful, it. Rhonda. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. That was so, so awesome. You know, and even as you're talking, it's like I'm listening and I'm trying to grasp it because again, mm. I feel like even, you know, even our own ability to process all of this and to understand this through scripture, like it's so small. Again, uh, like Corinthians says, we see through a glass dimly. Yes. It's like, it's like we're trying to grasp it and we're trying to understand it. And even as we try to describe the holiness of God in light of the difficult and the horrible things that happen to us in yes. the world and yes. trying to reconcile all that, it's like, I don't think we can adequately describe why it happens the way that it does or or why things play out but i do think we can take absolute solace and hope in exactly what you said that god says vengeance is mine he says i will fight for you and the reason he says that is because there is no earthly justice that can no. actually no um redeem what has happened to us on earth that what what has happened to us here there isn't i mean we can pursue every form of earthly justice and it will not heal the heart so god says stop putting all of your energy and effort into that look to me trust me trust that i am fighting for you even though you can't see it and even though it doesn't look the way you think it should even though yes people are being taken advantage of or horrible things are happening. But look to me, I have you come under the shadow of my wing. I am with you. I, there will be a reckoning. There will be. I am recording everything that happens. And I, I, I love this idea too, because again, this can put like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like a fear in us. But the beautiful thing is that you know, the scriptures remind us that anything that we repent of, genuinely repent mm -hmm. and turn, like God separates as far as the East mm -hmm. is from the West. Mm -hmm. There is an answer. There is healing mm -hmm. for the brokenness, for the evil. If we can, mm -hmm. if we can recognize that we have it within us, mm -hmm. you know, there is a place of healing for us. Those things aren't going to be remembered. They're mm -hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. God separates mm -hmm. those. And so there is this beautiful place of freedom even here on this side of eternity that we can walk in in the midst of the brokenness of the world in the midst of the evil that exists in the world but the other scripture that sort of came to mind as you were talking was the one you know in um in the gospels where where jesus says you know uh, you know many are going to come to me and they're going to say i did all these things in your name I, I, I went and I, I brought, you know, food to the sick and I, I did all of these good works and I did all of these things in your name. And Jesus says, and I'm going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Um, uh. um what? <laughs> what? Like, that's so scary. Then he says, you know, to others, like you fed, you know, you fed, you fed me when I was in prison. You brought me clothes, you, you know, you did all of these things. And they said, Lord, like, when did I do those things? And he mm -hmm. said, well, when you did those for the least of these, you did them for me. And so like he contrasts these two 
different postures. This posture of saying, look at all these things I did to make myself worthy of you, to make myself worthy of your kingdom, to make myself worthy of heaven. Look at all these things I did so that I could stand and say, I am righteous. Mm. And then he contrasts it with somebody else where he says, you went and you did all of these things. And they said, I did. When did I do those things? And Mm. he said, you did them for the least of these. They like where the other one is doing them, but not even recognize that he's doing something good. And, but yet God counts it to them as righteousness. And so again, it comes back to our posture. If we think that following and obeying God's ways Mm. earns us a place in his kingdom, We've actually missed it all together. Totally. We've missed it all together. We're actually just spinning our wheels. We're, we're just working in vain. If we think that all of those things earns us mm. a right standing with God, mm. God said, you have a right standing with me because of my son alone. You come through my son, mm-hmm. through the blood of Christ. That's it. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. You can't do enough good no. in order to earn a place in my kingdom. And so again, it is when God says you've done good in my sight, it's not about works. It is actually about our perspective being completely on God, our reliance being completely on on God and being surrendered, Mm. laying down all the things that we think we need to make ourselves good enough, right enough. We have to lay all of that down. I mean, I love it. I think we've talked about it so many times in this last season, but just talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, Mm. like recognizing our utter poverty of spirit before a holy God and, and receiving his abundance in that place. Yes. So yes, we are abundant in him, completely abundant, but in ourselves, completely impoverished, completely and utterly impoverished. And so that's the posture. That's the perspective. That's, I think, what God wants to totally reset in light of his holiness. Mm. But again, I say it and it's like I can't fully understand it yet. You know, like I, I, I say it and I can say it, but I can't fully grasp it because there is this part of me and I, and this is just a confession place, but there is this part of me that gets caught up in the obedience side of being like of earning and works, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to follow God's ways. I want Mm -hmm. to please him. I want to honor him in all that, Mm -hmm. that I do. But, but it's like, there's this part of my pride that keeps getting hitched as I go down that train to say like, okay, I'm good with God today, you know, because I did. And it's like, no, I'm good with God today because of what Jesus has done for me today, because of his mercy, because of his grace, because I've actually laid all of that, all of those filthy rags down and received his mercy and his grace today afresh. And I can walk in that holiness and walk in that abundance and that righteousness robed, clothed, you know, in, 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 in him alone. Oh, it is it is so powerful. Like when we just start talking about just the concept of God looking on the inside and us not looking on the outside because like you've said, Lori, it is really about that constant write down once again that first commandment, there shall be no other gods, and the fight of flesh and spirit. It's constantly having to choose to die, to literally crucify your flesh that you may live in the spirit. It's a constant. 
But you know, I, I love that scripture, but honestly, right back to Malachi that, you know, those that thought always of the honor of his name. And I think it's just bringing us right back to realize, like you've said, it's the honor of God's name, what Jesus has done to one day here. Well done, well done, you know, good and faithful servant enter into the joy of my presence. Oh, that is going to be, I, I honestly believe when it talks about revelation that he'll wipe every tear from our eye. I think it's going to be tears of complete, like utter overwhelming gratitude that you're there and to see what we see. I think those will be the tears that he's going to wipe away because everything will be gone. We'll forget the former things will be gone. When we see his holiness and his glory, we'll just be at his feet bawling like, and we'll understand it. We'll understand for the first time. it. Like yeah. We'll understand the gravity of it. And we'll also understand what we missed. We'll understand what we missed out on. Yeah. In not being able to understand it on this yeah. side. So we'll be bawling. We'll be bawling. We'll be bawling all, yeah. all of it. Grieving. Yeah. Fully grieving. Grieving and in awe and yeah. in like absolute love yeah. and thankfulness, yeah. like beyond what we can imagine. And I feel like that's where he'll like wipe the tears from yeah. our eyes and be like, how how we'll almost be like how are we how are we allowed enter to come in enter in enter in and you know that's yeah. exactly he is he is a god that will keep his word so no matter what you're facing today you may be walking through a really really difficult journey or perhaps your story has been filled with so much pain and you've wondered if god has seen or heard or even cared we want you to know that god is the ultimate ultimate record keeper and God sees all and God will make all things new and God will rectify all things. We, like we're saying, we don't always see it on this side of, of heaven, but we can be assured that the God that we see in this Bible, what he is promised and what he is actually going to do too with Satan too, and with all of evil and with all of injustice and abuse and pain and murder, God will take care of it. There will come a day that we, he will unfold all of that. But in the meantime, may your heart be assured that God loves you and he sees you and he is with you and you can place all your trust in him because God is with you. And as you live to honor God and to follow him, may his word become literally something you eat and are sustained by, because that's the only way we can actually know how God, how to please God. We can pray and God will reveal things through the Holy Spirit but it is always affirmed by the word of God. There is nothing that is more authoritative than the word of God. And so if you're wondering today, how do I live this life? How do I know what pleases God? He has given us the greatest gift, the Bible. It tells us God's heart for us. And as you read it, ask the Holy Spirit and ask the word of God to read you. Don't read it with the lens of humanity. Say, Holy Spirit, may this word read me today. And God will. He will reveal in your heart where you need to repent, what you need to lay down, perhaps what you're carrying that you weren't meant to carry, whether it's stress or anxiety, whatever it may be, that you can lay it down and trust that God will carry you and that his yoke is easy. His burden is light, meaning that he will carry this for you and you can rely on God. So may his word be a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. And may it teach you exactly how to honor God because he shows us he's not he doesn't make it so mysterious that we don't know it's plain Jane all through the scriptures so that we can learn and grow and repent and walk in freedom
So good. That's so good. I know uh, one of my faves, C.S. Lewis, he, before he became a Christian, before he became a believer, he made this reference about how there could not possibly be a God because the world's so evil and so broken, you know, and anybody can look around at the world and just see the evil that's in the world. There are just so many ways that we can see it manifesting. We experience it personally. And when we just look out in the world, we're just like, oh my gosh, the world is a mess. It's a disaster in so many ways. And, you know, as he started to ponder this, he started to think about, well, how do I know that the world is a broken place? How do I even know that it's crooked and broken and, you know, full of so much, ugh, just grossness, you know, how do I even know that as compared to what? And he started to think about, you know, you don't know a line is crooked unless it's compared to a straight line. And I say that just to say, you know, for those of us who fall on the side of that scripture of like, Lord, I did all these things in your name. Like, look, I've served you my whole life. Like the, you know, what God is talking to the people in the book of Malachi about, Lord, what are you talking about? We failed you. What are you talking about? We haven't served you well. What are you talking about? You know, we're with you. We're, we're with you. And we, for those that are on that side, and then for those that are on the side of their lives are a disaster. Mm. Your life is a complete disaster. You've failed God over and over again and you know it. You've broke his law. You don't follow in his ways. What the brilliance of the scriptures is that God levels the playing field on both of those sides mm. to say it's not about either. It's not about mm. your good works and it's not about your evil. Mm. It's all about me and my holiness. It's all about the fact that I am the straight line. I'm the straight line. I'm the only reason that you actually know that there's evil in the world, but you can't see that. So again, he levels the playing field every single time because he wants to get our eyes off of us looking side to side, our eyes feeling good about ourselves as we look to the side or feeling bad about ourselves as we look to the side. How many people come to church and they're like, oh, everybody at church is just so happy all the time. And, and like, I just don't have a relationship with God like that. Or how many other people come to church and they're like, you know, I follow all God's ways. I honor God with my life. Da, 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 da. Therefore, I feel good about myself in that. God levels the playing field and says, no, guys, it's not about any of that. I want you mm. all to come to me. I want you to lay all that down. Lay down your good works. Lay down your evil. Lay it all down before me and receive my mercy afresh today. Receive the work of my son. Receive my redemption. Receive it afresh and I will give you life. I will give you joy. I will give you peace. Everything I have to give you is good. Mm. Everything I have to give mm. you, but you have to give me your stuff. Yeah. You've got to give me your good, which is filthy rags. And you've got to give me your evil, which is filthy rags. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give me all your yes. stuff because it's about me, not about you. So again and again and again, he tries to lift our eyes. And so, you know, even in that exhortation round, as you're talking about, you know, people walking through devastating, difficult situations, it's not that God is trying to diminish what you're going through, but he's trying to get your eyes off of the devastation of what has happened to you. Because as long as you're fixated on what has happened to you, you're not going to be able to see the redemption that God has for you in the midst of that. You're not going to be able to see mm. the provision, mm. the healing that God has for you. So we have to lift our eyes off of 
everything that's taking place in this realm and see his holiness, his goodness, his magnitude, his power. That's for us. It's for us. And that's why God is so like when we read through the Old Testament and sometimes we think, oh my gosh, like God is harsh. He's harsh because he knows that life is not found in anything but him. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else that leads to a straight line except for him. Every other way is crooked. Every other way is crooked. Whether you want to go the way of law, whether you want to go the way of a pseudo righteousness, or whether you want to go the way of rebellion, either one is crooked. Those are crooked ways. We can only look to God Mm -hmm. to receive the fullness of what he's done through his son, Jesus. And so again, always a level playing field for everyone. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to come to church and think, oh, everybody is so holy and loves God so much. And, and you don't have to come to church and look down on those who are <laughs> doing whatever, <laughs> yes. living a life of rebellion. Because guess what? We all are. We yeah. all are except yeah. for but Jesus. You know, I started to think of you and I, you know, even in light of, Lord, Lord, I've done all these things in your name. You and I literally work a job that is you know, technically for God, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you know, everything that we do through the week is, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to help guide people towards having a a relationship with God, towards healing, towards redemption, restoration. I mean, you know, in counseling and meetings, our teams, like, you know, leading our church, everything is about like our job. (laughs) We get paid. It's our, it's our vocation, but it, it's spiritual in nature. So we, I think, are the most susceptible of all to fall into this category of like, Lord, Lord, I spent my whole life every day, all day, you know, working for you. And God says, no, no, I didn't know you if you did that to earn my love. Uh, That's because, again, if we're doing that to earn God's love and approval, he says, then you don't even know me. You don't even know me. Because that's not how you already have my approval. You already have my love. I've given it to you through my son, Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to me. Stop looking at what you're doing to validate, you know? Mm. So again, it's, it's just this constant reminder. Oh my gosh, my pride. Oh, get rid of my pride. Starve it. Oh, I know. Isn't it? This is the working out your salvation. This we are saved by grace, but the working out is this. It's working out that sanctification, the process of holiness in our own lives, the process of dying, surrendering to God. That's the working out of salvation. That's been misinterpreted. That I'm like, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not that your you like your salvation is always on a teeter totter. Lost, yeah. yeah. But it's like I'm working out my salvation in my life because God. Fear and trembling under a holy God. (laughs) Exactly. And it's an eternal perspective to say like what we do here on earth matters for all of eternity, but yet it's like a snap. It's so fast, but there's an urgency to that. Don't, it's, it even talks about don't waste your time. Like the time is short. Don't count your days, number your days. And so once again, we're lifting your eyes, not on your circumstance. This is even for us as we're sharing that we serve an eternal God there's an eternal destiny for all of us. And there's a way to walk now as it is in heaven on earth in a way of honoring God. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's exactly what we're talking about today. So may we fix our eyes 
on the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning a shame, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you, has full confidence in you, so you can have full confidence in God. You've got, you've got the Trinity with you, believing that you are going to rise in victory in life, but you can only do it through the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no way we can live this life on our own, but with God, absolutely we can live in victory moment by moment as we walk in surrender and humility. He's God. So I just even say that, Lord, I starve my flesh because my flesh is so hungry and loves to eat and feasts on everything I give it and grows so fast that every day it's starving that. I feel like it's like starving, crushing that, every treading on that and allowing my spirit to be nurtured, to come alive. But your flesh is loud and it will grow fast and it feasts on everything you give it. So be mindful because the days are short because our life is is a gift and we don't have all this time ahead. We don't, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So live today fully, not in fear, but fully in faith. That's right. Oh, that's so good. So, so good. Well, listen, we've given you lots. <laughs> we've been everywhere we've today. Genesis to, to Revelation. Take, to take in today. But no, this is a powerful, like this is powerful. And this has been a transformative conversation for me today. Mm. Just to remember, just to remember that it is not about what I do or what I yeah. don't do. It yeah. is not in comparison to anybody else. My walk is not about that. It really is about walking in obedience to Christ and actually even surrendering my obedience because my obedience makes me feel oh, good about myself. So even so surrendering, good. So true. you know, even surrendering my very obedience, recognizing no, like in comparison to a holy God. And again, not to make my, not to make me feel bad about myself because I, I even want to take the truth and I want it to make me feel sinful things like insecure and like, you know, unworthy and all these things when God's inviting me into, you know what I mean? It's like it, the whole message, the enemy wants to get in there and twist, oh, yeah. twist truth, twist truth for us. But no, yeah. it's to invite me into abundant life. Absolutely. Abundant life because God created us for relationship. It's his yeah. number one desire. It's his number one reason that we exist is That's to give right. him glory and to give him honor and to bring honor to his name. So yeah. Lord, our hearts cry and our prayer today would be that in all humility and in our broken and impoverished spirit, that we would bring honor and glory to your name. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, as we go today, I would just want to remind you, Rhonda just said it. God has complete confidence in you because he created you and loves you. So put your complete confidence in him to walk this out. It's not about you. It's all about him and his holiness. And he has crowned you as sons and daughters of his own, of the king. And today, bow the knee, and I bow my knee, and we crown him as God and Lord of our lives. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.